start in Exodus chapter 14, verse 29. But the people of Israel had walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground as the water stood up like a wall on both sides. This is how the Lord rescued Israel from the hand of the Egyptians that day. And the Israelites saw the bodies of the Egyptians washed up on the shore. When the people of Israel saw the mighty power that the Lord had unleashed. How many want to see that? The mighty power of God unleashed against the Egyptians. They were filled with awe before him. They put their faith in the Lord, his servant Moses. Father, this morning we just are here to honor you. To honor our Lord Jesus Christ who gave his all so that we could have eternal life. It's an awesome thing that you would call us your brothers and sisters in Christ. I thank you for your word this morning and I just pray God that as we take a few minutes in your word today that, that God this simple word would, would penetrate our hearts and would 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 do something within us. We, we are so dependent on the work of your spirit this morning. And we ask for that today in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. All right, we just read about this miraculous deliverance from Egypt that Israel experienced. And, and following that, they traveled for about three months and arrived at Mount Sinai, where it all began for Moses. Moses, when he encountered God's presence and God's power in the burning bush, the Lord had led them by cloud by day and by fire by night. It's kind of interesting that in this place, this very day, there is a monastery called the Monastery of St. Catharines. It's an Orthodox monastery and was built at the foot of Mount Sinai in 530 A.D. So it's been there a long time. It's probably the oldest continuously inhabited Christian monastery in the world. Sinai. Sinai, as many of you remember, well, some of you do <laughs> remember, the 1967 war between, uh, between Israel and so many countries in the Middle East and miraculously delivered. And they, they actually controlled Sinai from 67 until 1979 when it was turned back to Egypt. There's actually a path um, up to the very summit of, of, this, of, of Mount Sinai, this uh, mountain of some 7,497 feet. It's called the Path of Moses. Kind of interesting. Be, besides the, the burning bush experience that he experienced at Mount Sinai, it was at, at Mount Sinai that God gave Moses the Ten Commandments. And this is a picture of Mount Sinai today tabernacle and the Ark of the Covenant were constructed there. In this very sterile desert, God provided food that was unknown to the children of Israel. In fact, they called it manna because in the Hebrew that means, what is it? I mean, they, had no, they had no idea what it was. God also miraculously had provided water for 2.4 million people plus animals. Can you imagine? You know, in the sterile desert, God provided that. Not, not for a day or a week or a month, but they were there for some two years. 
The camp of Israel in Sinai was three miles square. And now it was time to depart. And uh, the book of Numbers records that, Numbers chapter 10. In the second year after Israel's departure from Egypt on the 20, 20th day of the second month, the cloud lifted from the tabernacle of the covenant. So the Israelites set out from the wilderness of Sinai and traveled out from place to place until the crowd, cloud stopped in the wilderness of Paran. And then verse 33 tells us a little bit more of that, about that journey. They marched for three days after leaving the mountain of the Lord with the ark of the Lord's covenant moving ahead of them to show them where to stop and rest. As they moved on each day, the cloud of the Lord hovered over them. And whenever the ark set out, let me add, for some 40 years, every time the ark set out, Moses said, Arise, O Lord, and let your enemies be scattered and let them flee before you. And when the ark was set down, he would say, Return, O Lord, to the countless numbers of Israel. Arise, O Lord. <clears throat> this is a very interesting picture that happened. I want, I want you to picture in your mind. It's the wonderful thing about the brain. You can picture things in your mind. It's almost like a movie. So each tribe is gathered <clears throat> behind their own banner. So all 12 tribes have their own banner. And, 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 and this 2.4 million people is broke up into tribes now behind each banner. The Levites take a hold of the, of, the, uh, of the rods that hold the Ark of the Covenant and they begin to lift the Ark of the Covenant up. And, and as that happens, the cloud of God that had rested over the Ark of the Covenant for over two years now, the Ark of the Covenant begins to rise. And as all of that is happening, <laughs> Moses stands before this 2.4 million people and he proclaims with a loud voice, Arise, O Lord! <laughs> Arise, O Lord! That, that, that term in the Hebrew, uh, it's a very simple term. It's a military term, actually. It means to stand up. To stand up and put on your sword. <laughs> How many want to see God stand up on your behalf? Amen. Some of you have family members you need to see God stand up for. Others of you got physical issues you need to see God stand up. Others have got financial issues or business issues or whatever. How many today say, I need God to stand up on my behalf? Amen. It seemed almost unnecessary for Moses to say, they, they'd already seen so much. God had so spoken so clearly to him at the burning bush after Moses had spent some 40 years in Saudi Arabia in the land of the Midianites. God had fulfilled his promise, amazingly delivering Israel out of Egypt. And that's a, a long, marvelous story of God's power and faithfulness. And then when they stood at the, at the shores of the Red Sea, it seemed that all was lost <laughs> because the Egyptian army was coming down upon them. And, and we all know the story as it's recorded in Exodus chapter 14, how that God had 
miraculously delivered them, and we read a portion of that already. And now God had had graciously provided for them for for over two years (laughs) through this whole process. Now, Now they're leaving Sinai. And yet Moses passionately cries out something that he would say every time the cloud would lift and every time they would begin to move, he would cry out, Arise, O Lord. Stand up. Prepare to engage in battle. Moses was desperately aware of his need of the presence of God. I think most of us can say, I'm right there. (laughs) I recognize how much I need him. How many can agree with that? How much we need the presence of God in our lives. How much we need God to arise. How much we need God to stand up and show his arms strong. How much we need his presence. How much we are aware that it's not about us, it's all about him. (laughs) It's not our power. It's not our strength. It's not even our faith. Alone. It is the grace of God. It is the moving of the Spirit of God. John chapter 15, Jesus says it in this way. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. Say it again. Nothing. Say it again. Nothing. <laughs> we can do nothing without him. Wow. You know I looked that word up in the Greek. You know what it means? Nothing. (laughs) Pretty simple. Absolute, utter dependence. You feel that way this morning? You feel your dependence upon God? Zechariah 4 says, we all know it. This is the word of the Lord. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. How desperately we need God to stand up. How desperately we need to see God arise. How desperately we need God's intervention in our lives, in our nation, in our world. (laughs) For me, you know, part of my process in the mornings is slowly praying through the Lord's Prayer. And uh, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How many are grateful he's got the whole world in his hands? (laughs) He does. (laughs) We can trust him. We can trust him in the dark. We can trust him with those things that we don't understand. But, but there literally is this. Without him, we cannot. Without him, there is no victory. So what do we do? Every day we press in, huh? Every day we acknowledge our dependence upon the presence of God. Every day 
we say in our own hearts. You may say it in different words, but you are literally saying, Arise, O Lord. God, I need you today. I need your power today. I need your strength today. I need your wisdom today. I need your direction today. I'm so glad that, that Jesus made clear that, that God is the God who answers prayer. In Matthew chapter 7, Jesus, in speaking about this, says, Asking you shall receive, seeking you shall find, knock, and what? The door will be open to you. Everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks. Everyone who knocks. All right? It's interesting that's in the continuous present tense. Which means Jesus is literally saying, don't just ask once, ask and keep asking. Don't just seek once, seek and keep seeking. Don't, don't get discouraged when it seems that, that, that heaven is silent. When the prayers that you've been praying, some of you have been praying prayers for a long time and you have not seen yet God intervene. Don't give up, don't, don't stand back but press in and say, God, I continue to say, arise. Show yourself strong on our behalf. Manifest your presence. Manifest your power in our lives. The responsibilities you face are too enormous for you to handle. The decisions are too complex. We have a powerful enemy, but aren't you grateful 1 John 4 tells us that greater is he that is in you. You don't have to fear the devil. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Isn't that wonderful? It's wonderful. It's interesting to me that David actually grabs a hold of this statement, Arise, O Lord. And he uses it a number of times in the Psalms. We see him using it in Psalm chapter 3, verse 7. Arise, O Lord, and rescue me, my God. Psalm chapter 9, arise, O Lord, do not let mere mortals defy you. Psalm 68, arise, O Lord, and scatter your enemies. When did, when did David first say that? Obviously, you know, back then, so many things were passed down, word of mouth, generation to generation to generation. And so, and so this is, this is, this is truly what happened here. But, but, but David picks up on this and he recognizes the power in stepping back personally and saying, I can't do this. He, he, he was a successful warrior. But in spite of all that, he said, I cannot do this. I cannot do this by myself. I need you, oh God, to arise on my behalf. I need you to step up and you need God to step up in your business. You need God to step up in your family. You need God to step up when it comes to health issues. We, you need God to step up in every area of your life, and so do I. Maybe it was when, when he faced the lion and the bear out in the field as, as a young boy. Maybe, maybe it was then, it was the first time he said, Oh God, arise! <laughs> Almost certainly it was when he was facing Goliath and was picking up the five smooth stones out of the brook, facing this giant of a man that he knew was beyond his ability. 
We all have Goliaths in our lives. We all face issues that are bigger than us, that stand nine feet, nine inches tall, that weigh 125 pounds of body armor, that look impossible. <laughs> you may be facing impossibility today. I don't have to be prophetic to say, I can say without question, there are some of you today that are facing impossibility right now. You're facing a Goliath right now. If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand. I'm not asking you to come forward here. I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm facing a Goliath right now in my life. Hands, hands up all over this place. Because it's as natural as breathing. We go through stuff, huh? Difficult stuff. Powerful stuff. And, 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 and that's exactly, that's exactly what, what, what David was, was expressing. Goliaths dominate our lives. Dominate our days. Keep us awake at night. For some people, it's depression that hangs over them like a dark cloud. For others, it's, it's the scars of, abused, of, of an abused childhood that, that trouble you yet. Maybe 30, 40, 50 years later, others of you pa have a past you can't shake. It keeps coming back to you. Trouble. Mistakes that you wish you can change. Maybe it's alcohol you can't refuse. Or an addiction that manipulates and controls you. Maybe it's a condition in your own body or in your son or daughter's body or your wife's body, your grandchild's body that you can't heal on your own. Over all of these Goliaths, over all these Goliaths, what do we do? Do we hold, throw up our hands? Do we give up? Do we say, I guess there's nothing we can do? No, 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 no. We say, what? Arise, O Lord. David passes away. He's not able to build the temple, and with this I'm closing. And... Uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 5 says that his son Solomon, which is another interesting story. I'm not going to spend any time on it this morning, but, but here the grace and the mercy of God. Here's, here's this young new king, Solomon, who, who, is, who is the result of a sinful relationship between David and Bathsheba, but God in his mercy doesn't hold that over Solomon. Isn't that wonderful? It's quite the story. And Solomon is now king. So Sol Solomon finished all his work on the temple of the Lord. He brought all the gifts his father, David, had dedicated, the silver and the gold and the various articles, and he stored them in the treasures of the temple of God. Solomon then summoned to Jerusalem the elders of Israel and all the heads of the tribes, the leaders of the ancestral families of Israel. They were to bring the ark of the Lord's covenant to the temple from its location in the city of David, also known as Zion. So all the men of Israel assembled before the king at the annual feast of shelters, which is held in early autumn. And then chapter 5 and chapter 6, you know, Solomon begins to pray this long extended prayer, praying God's blessing upon Israel and, and upon this new temple. And this is how he closes it. 
in 2 Chronicles chapter 6 and verse 40. Oh my God, oh, may your eyes be open and your ears attentive to all the prayers made to you in this place. I want you to know that God has not overlooked any of your prayer. His eyes are attentive and his ears are open to that which you have prayed. We have an open heaven because of Jesus. The veil of the temple has been rent and we can all enter in freely into the very presence of God. And God has heard your prayers. And God's eyes are attentive to you. I want you to grab a hold of that this morning. He has not forgotten where you are at or what you've experienced. And so he prays. Oh my God, may your eyes be open and your ears attentive to all the prayers made to you in this place. And now, what does he say? Arise, O oh Lord. <laughs> so he picks it up from his dad. Arise, O oh Lord. And enter your resting place along with the ark, the symbol of your power. May your priests, O oh Lord, be clothed with salvation. May your loyal servants rejoice in your goodness. O oh Lord God, do not reject the king you have anointed. Remember your unfailing love for your servant David. And when Solomon finished praying, arise, O oh Lord. God honored that. And fire flashed down from heaven and burnt up the burnt offerings and sacrifices. And the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple. The priests could not enter the temple of the Lord because the glorious presence of the Lord filled it. And when all the people of Israel saw the fire coming down and the glorious presence of the Lord filling the temple, they fell down on their face on the ground and they worshiped and praised the Lord saying, he is good, his mercy or his faithful love endures forever. So what does it tell us? It tells us this. God responds. <laughs> he responds to arise, O Lord. I find myself praying it often. I prayed it this morning. We got issues. We're praying about too, just like you. We're no different. We got things that we're praying about just like you got things you're praying about. Some of these things we prayed about for a long time, and I'm going to continue. How many are going to join me? You're going to continue praying. Arise, O oh Lord. You're going to continue to stand with the Lord because God responds to this. <laughs> it goes all the way back to Moses, and God remembers, and God responds, and God hears you, and he sees you, and he sees your faith, and he sees your response to him, and he is going to respond in his time and his way. You can trust him for that. Stand with me. Stand with me this morning. Can you say with me, arise, O Lord? One, two, three. Again, one, two, three. Amen. Amen. We've got wonderful people up here in the front who want to pray with you. 
Some of you have deep needs. You, rose, you raised your hands. Some of you have, have significant issues you need prayer for. And this is your opportunity to join hands with someone else in prayer and to believe God that he will arise on your behalf, that he will show himself strong on your behalf. And so as we close this morning, as we close in prayer this morning, and I'm going to do that, we're going to invite you to come. They're all prayed up. They prayed with me this morning. They're all prayed up. They're all ready to pray with you. They're full of faith. They'll stand with you. They'll believe God with you. Praise be unto God. So don't miss this opportunity. I remember, I, let me close with this. I remember being at a Jack Hayford conference years ago. And I was with a group of guys, a group of pastors. We were going out afterwards. There was altar call given. I turned around and walked out with the guys. Got distracted. I don't know what God wanted me to do, wanted to do in me at that moment. I missed it. Don't miss it today. If you're here and you sense the leading of the Holy Spirit, you come and join hands with somebody in prayer and they will believe God for you for your miracle. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the joy and the privilege of joining hands with this congregation. I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity I've had to share this morning. And I pray that in all of our hearts, there would be this burning passion that would say, oh God, how much we need you to arise. And we will give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. And may he give you his peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Many of you are going. Some of you are coming for prayer. You come right now in the name of Jesus. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.